You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, guest host James returns as we talk about the Armed Forces Invitational Baseball Tournament, the marksman seizing first place in the SPHL, and NHL and XFL news. We also discuss Zion's dominance and recap the Wilder Fury bout. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? I'm Mac. And I'm Heather. I slapped Weezer Boudreaux. Hi, Smith. And joining us tonight is our number one fan and returning guest host, James. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Welcome back. He's the first member of that club. Yeah, it's kind of like the SNL mm-hmm. club. It, well, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, we had Josh once. We've had a couple of visitors Vic, one time. Yeah. Uh, James is our first returning guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you're an Apple subscriber, we would love a five-star review. If you leave us a review, we will read it on the next episode, no matter how good or bad it is. And speaking of, we have not one but two new reviews since we recorded. Yeah! 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 We're moving Uh, up in the world. First, from Sparta, S-P-A-R-D-A-4355, he writes, he titles it, Great Chemistry, Great Show, Five Stars. Oh, you all are clearly passionate about the topics you cover. Definitely worth a listen. Won't be disappointed. Hey, Sparta. I appreciate that. We put in a medium amount of work to make this enjoyable. <laughs> you guys I am might. so glad that somebody celebrates our mediocrity. Like, yes. it's just it's so great. <laughs> and I appreciate, too, that he kept his review. Just he, he set it to the KISS method. Just keep it simple, stupid. Well, on the flip side of that exact point, Heather, uh, we have a review from JH704, who write, who titles it, Great Podcast, Five Stars, and he wrote a five-point paragraph. Oh, yes. Uh, one, Mac is a true homie, but y'all work great together, as I think the podcast is refreshing. Two, the XFL is amazing. Go Battlehawks. Three, Gross. I completely... I completely understand y'all are in Fayetteville, but in a segment, talk about my Tar Heels and how bad they are in basketball this year, but don't badmouth my man Roy Williams. Also, let Mac know the Tar Heels are going to win the national title this year in football, not OSU. (laughs) Uh, Four, the Panthers need to keep Cam Newton, but if they don't, they need to trade my favorite player in McCaffrey as his trade value will never be higher. If they are going to blow this up, then they need to be all in on it and be as bad as possible, as I personally will continue to watch and enjoy every minute of it. Hashtag tank for Trevor. And five, (laughs) go Hornets. Uh, Full disclosure for all our listeners out there, that is my youngest brother. (laughs) Who is a dyed-in-the-wool, loves everything Carolina, 
and of course he's gonna talk shit. Um, but I was I was pleasantly surprised he picked St. Louis of all teams, uh, and it just continues the family tradition of not liking any of the same teams. <laughs> I mean, that was one long review. Oh yeah, I mean Justin has a lot to say, um, so I I respect him for it. Uh, I thought he could have been a little more creative with his the name he left it under, like I wouldn't figure it out. Uh, but I do appreciate him. He's my favorite brother, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we want to thank both of you for your kind reviews. Just a reminder that good or bad, if you leave us an iTunes review, we will read it on an episode. Yes. I mean, uh, before we get going, obviously we're doing something right because no one's come out and said, you all suck. Right? We have nine five-star ratings and seven reviews, and we're good. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're yeah. – We've got to be pushing the most a thousand listens at this point. Nobody thinks we suck. I will take that. I will. We are that. north mm-hmm. of eight fifty. I think we need to like get some sort of prize and see if we can't do a push for a thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have the money for that. So yeah, uh, uh, if if you guys listen more and get us to a thousand, I will personally come to a a pre agreed upon location and give you a hug. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Share it everywhere and get us to a thousand and Mac will give you a hug. And That's, he is not a touchy dude. He's no. not. He is not. He does not like personal touch at no. all. So how's everybody doing tonight? I'm good, man. I can't complain. What about you, James? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, wedding planning's coming along nicely. Getting um, closer and closer to that day. We're at 16 days out now. Which does bring us to a, a a point in two weeks. We probably will not be recording at all unless we find a guest host who can fill Heather's shoes because uh, those two are going to be pretty occupied in anticipation of the mm-hmm. wedding. Yeah. Um, just, so, re- just make sure that they have very narrow feet. I have very narrow, narrow, like <laughs> ski-like feet. So. Heather, have you become Bridezilla yet? No, actually, I have been very accommodating. You can ask James because he will, he's constantly like, no, what do you want? That is correct. So I'm actually, I have been the opposite of Bridezilla. Well, in his defense, as a soldier, he knows better than to run headlong into machine guns. So. Although I was a Marine before being a soldier, so I have made that mistake. Yeah. Uh, but well, anyway. listen, listen, listen. All, all I know is that I'm getting a pretty dress, a pretty rad guy at the front, Thanks. and some amazing tacos. Listen, so I'm there. Yeah, like, I have been I'm listening good. to you guys talk about these tacos for the last 24 hours. If they are nothing short of spectacular, I'm suing. I no, you trust me. You will okay. name you will name your first children after us for for these tacos because they are amazing. I mean, you can't really go wrong with the Heather and James, Tim. Mm. I mean, those, those are, are pretty, very classic names. Pretty solid. Mm. Yeah. Strong, strong names. I, I like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we do want to apologize. It has been a couple of weeks since we put an episode out. We've had a lot of personal issues and delays kind of pop up. So, uh, I did it's go back. Good in hood. We're good. I did go back and just number this one what the next one is and not what it would have been if we had recorded the episodes we written we wrote. 
so this is episode 23, not 25, uh, which is what it was supposed to be. You know, for well, anybody keeping count. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I keep count. Just add the. Well, yeah, you're a number one fan. You're a number yeah. one fan, James. We expect that from you. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's dive in with some local news. First off, this past weekend was the inaugural Armed Forces Invitational Baseball Tournament, a three-day event featuring six games between the Air Force Academy, the Army Academy, and local college Campbell University, uh, which I thought was a really interesting idea. I hated that I didn't get to go out to any of those games. Um, Well, I mean, there's this thing called life, and we're not exactly getting paid to do this yet, so... Yet. One day. Yet. One day we will get five dollars for our show. Um <laughs> Oh, and that first five is gonna buy the buy us just a great can of Pepsi or Coke or whatever. No, it is no. not. It is it's going gonna to go get right here. Framed. Yeah. It's gonna it go right here. Get no, framed. That is not how the economy works. Free market, you don't save money, you spend it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, all three teams left the weekend with a two and two record. Of course they did. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a feeling the organizers like paid for a trophy and they're like, oh, fuck. Who do oh, we give it to? It. We can't give it to anybody. <laughs> you know? Now, what I'm really hoping is like there was like a dance off. That's what I'm hoping for. That's even, how I got it. Even better, I think each team beat every other team once. Oh God! Okay. So it wasn't. It wasn't even like Campbell got their two wins versus Army, but lost twice against Air Force. I think everybody went one and one against each other. That that's so Department of Defense. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, please, please tell the audience what you told us, Mac, before we started recording about that. Oh, which which part? Because I I talk a lot of shit about the tournament. No, just what was it? It was about. Oh, yeah. oh, it's the army. Everybody yeah. loses. Yeah, every, I mean, it, it is. It's it's the military. Everybody fucking loses. Uh, yeah, we get benefits and, and uh, you know, a, a steady paycheck, but we also leave the service in our mid-20s, normally, on average, uh, with the body of a 50-year-old. Yep. We can't speak in public because we drop F-bombs every, I don't know, two to three words. And uh, our head's so full of stupid military shit it's hard for us to like maintain any other knowledge we may pick up. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a lose lose, you know, I mean, everybody loses. And, and you know what we could, we could trash it because three out of the four of us have lived it. And the other has been adjacent to yeah. that life yes. for yeah. 20 years. Now. Almost. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, it, so we can talk trash. We're not yeah. just sitting here bashing the military because whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, have maintained this. Uh, I love the people I've met through the military. You know, some of the best people I've met uh, have, have worn a uniform. Um, but I, I the, the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, uh, you know, all those subordinate commands, they're all fucking full of idiots. And I don't feel bad for saying it. I just don't. <laughs> well, also here in Fayetteville, the marksmen have finally emerged atop the SPHL. Uh, Fayetteville won one game and lost in overtime this weekend to pick up yeah. three points. All right. While Roanoke, who 
uh, or against Roanoke, while Peoria, who was tied with Fayetteville entering the weekend, dropped one game in regulation and one game in overtime. So they only picked up one point to R3. With that, the Marksmen take a two-point lead over Peoria with uh, 67 to the Rivermen's 65 points. Hey, we we have to beat them. Uh, I'm, I I don't I couldn't stomach losing to a team called the fucking Riverman. I'm sorry. I, I just I I, I will put up. But with you a lot. are okay with the rail yard dogs? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Continue. Right. I, I have to say, I recently joined in an effort to both, you know, see uh more about the SPHL, but also to promote our show. Uh, I joined a Facebook group called SPHL Fans, and I don't know that I've ever met a group of people who are more passionate about minor, minor, minor league hockey than the people who belong to SPHL Fans well, you know on what? Facebook. You got to be pumped about something in some of these areas. Like, uh, if you're from Peoria, what else do you have going on? Like, honestly. Oh. There was one dude who has left the group. Now, I don't know if he was banned or left out of his own accord, but it was like every 15 minutes he was posting about how everybody has uh, Peoria at the front of their minds because they're at the top of the league. And then the marksman overtook him and he was no longer in the group. Well, I think he's just a hater. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, you know. If you want to be a hater, that's fine, but be a hater at all times. Right. The Marksmen yeah. do only have 13 games left, but they have clinched a playoff berth already. Um, both uh, the Marksmen and the Rivermen are the only two teams with a playoff berth clinched at this point in the season. Uh, this weekend, the Marksmen traveled to Pensacola to play the Red Hot Ice Flyers in a three-game series. Uh, the Ice Flyers are the team that just knocked peoria down a peg so we have them to thank for our first place lead but now we have to maintain it against them i I found a a team i hate more than the rivermen (laughs) (laughs) the pensacola ice flyers um excuse you the red hot pensacola ice flyers Uh, well that'll that'll lead us into our one of our lead topics for the night uh, and the reason we brought James along, we're going to talk some NHL, something we haven't really talked about a whole lot. Um, last week, the most unexpected of people made news when a reserve goalie who happened to be the Zamboni driver by the name of Dave Ayers entered the game in Toronto for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the move followed injures, injuries to both Peter Mrazek and James Reimer. Ayers entered the game and gave up a couple of quick goals, but recovered and led the Canes to a 6-3 win over the Maple Leafs, which is the most Toronto thing that could ever happen. So this is not the first time this has happened. Um, There's a very obscure NHL NHL rule, excuse me, um, that, let me, I want to read this verbatim. Um, if both listed goalkeepers are incapacitated, that team shall be entitled to dress and play any available goalkeeper who is eligible. So in this case, 
the Zamboni driver who also plays for you'll call it a minor league team, uh, the Marlies up in Canada. <laughs> Was there the watching Marley. the game? Wait, 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 wait. The Marleys? The Toronto oh. so, Marleys. So are they so are they just golden retrievers? Is that <laughs> what this team is? Please please don't bash what I love. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean Heather, if you look at some of those junior hockey teams up in Canada, they have some fucking they, wazoo names. Yeah, they do. Well, uh, um, you know what? We'll find out soon enough. So <laughs> What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so any he was at the game. Eligible. Yeah. Any player that's eligible, he was at the game. Uh, the Canes' first goalie went down, and they were like, oh, what are we going to do? So they put a call out like, hey, is there anybody here that plays goalie? And he's like, oh, I mean, I do. Um, and so they were like, hey, go to the locker room. Put your pads on. Um, if we need you, we'll call you. Second goalie goes down. They came in and said, hey, man, you're up. Um, and so he had been to several of the, of the Maple Leaf practices, um, and um, he'd been to a bunch of their skill sessions. So it wasn't his first time on the ice. Um, it was his first time on the ice in front of a big crowd and also on TV. Uh, and he said, like, how nervous he was. And um, basically after he gave up those first two goals, a couple guys on the Canes came down and said, like, hey, man, you know, just relax. Enjoy this experience, you know. Um You've always wanted to be here, so just enjoy it. Uh, so he went back after the second, came into the third, and he was fired up, and um, he put on a clinic of how to be a goalie. It yeah, is I worth think... noting that this dude is older than I think any one of us. Uh, uh, he yes. is 43 years old. Oh, dude, that's awesome. You know what? Yeah. I, I, the sweet bit of irony uh, that I find in all this is that he's from Toronto. He's probably a Maple Leafs fan. And yep. he put on a Canes jersey and beat the fucking Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, and what's also, too, like, what's really fun, too, about the whole thing is, like, didn't he, wasn't he just recently, like, awarded, like, he's an honorary North Carolinian now because of it? Yes, he is. Yes, uh, yep. he is. Uh, for I, I the record, that. for the record, the Toronto Marlies were named after the Toronto Marlboros. Of course who were they nicknamed, were. They were nicknamed the Marleys, and they wanted they kept that name to avoid any confusion with the cigarette brand. Oh, okay. I imagine they were probably named after the Duke of Marlboro. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Dude, that's no, great, they were probably no. I'm sorry. No, they were just named after a stack of Lucy's. That's what I. That's. What I <laughs> In Canada, they probably do have just a stack of Lucy's. They might. And all you have to do is leave a penny in the bucket and pick one up. All right? Exactly. They're exactly. very, very polite and nice in Canada. Exactly. Uh, he, but but Ayers has been on, I want to say, Jimmy Fallon? Or no, he was on Colbert, I think. He was on one of those late night shows after his performance. And he's an honorary North Carolinian. And he got to beat the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. I mean, and then what I love, what I love <laughs> is that the NHL came out and and did a press conference after all this and said we have no intention of changing this rule. Like that was up for debate. No, man. No, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's like such a hockey rule. Like, uh, we don't have anybody. Hey, uh, anybody in the crowd want to play hockey? Yeah, yeah right. I did my beer league. Yeah. Uh, but the guy, he was a um, college prospect looking at going to the NHL, and then he had a kidney transplant, and that's what sidelined him. Um, and what, what I really love is the Canes actually made a jersey for him 
and they're selling it on their website, and any of the proceeds from that, part of it will go to him, but a big part of it is going to go to a kidney um, like transplant foundation or charity or something. Um, last week they were still trying to work that out, but I love that they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's uh, face it. The NHL needs wins like this. This is a PR win. Hmm? Um, when, when you're, you know, number four in the big four in, in the United States, you, you got to do work a little extra to, to keep up with everybody. Um, and I mean, having something like this, where you're, like you said, James, you're just, Hey man, who wants to play? Mm -hmm. Uh, and he comes out, you know, hops off the Zamboni, goes and changes. Pro I mean, did he put on a jersey that even had anything on the back other than a number? It was a Canes jersey, but his helmet was um, from the the Marlies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, of course it was. I mean, oh this, my god. This is great. I mean, this is this is a story that after all the the bad shit that we've had to like sit here and talk about for the last you know however many months. This is a win. I will take this. But you know what, though? <laughs> and it's so funny that it's the Canes, too, because he's wearing a Canes jersey and a Toronto helmet. And I swear to God, that's the most Fayetteville thing I think I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my let's, God. Let's uh, jump to another PR win for the Hurricanes, but nightmare elsewhere. Um, the, uh, the NHL has... I guess in the past they've had a Pride Night. Uh, we we all know what Pride Night is. It's a night that celebrates, you know, the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, tries to get them involved in the game because historically they've kind of been shunned from the sports world. Oh yeah, it's, um, it's not even just sports. I mean, that's a it's a marginalized population in this. Well, country. definitely, but yeah. I mean, even more so in sports. Yeah. Um, well. This year they changed it from Pride Night to Hockey is for Everyone Night, which is problematic enough on its own. Um, but the St. Louis Blues decided they were going to take this one step further into the problematic zone. And instead of having Hockey is for Everyone Night at their own stadium for their own game they were basically having a a watch party for an away game. So they basically said, hey, our hockey for everyone night, which again is basically pride night. We're going to invite a whole bunch of people to just come and watch the game on the Jumbotron while our team is playing in Washington. Oh, God bless America. But of course, then again, that is Missouri. So I mean, what... <sighs> What were we really expecting? Yeah. Uh, hey, St. Louis, if you've got anybody listening, you're going to need a new PR guy soon. I uh, will be graduating in May. <laughs> <laughs> they are getting And he accepts payment roasted. in beer and tacos. Yeah. They, they are getting roasted on Twitter. And, and rightfully, rightfully so. so. Yeah. Uh, my favorite comment is calling it a separate but equal event. Oh. Uh, yeah. Because we all know that Separate but equal isn't. Um, I mean, <laughs> I want to know if if you're the owner of the fucking St. Louis Blues and you're coming off a Stanley Cup win, okay? Huge, considering they were in dead last in what January, James? Right? Uh, January, February, yeah. Yeah, right. Dead last in the league. Yep. Worst team in the fucking league. Yep. And you managed to catch fire and, and carry that through the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is probably the roughest playoff of uh, our, our big four leagues. And you've got all this goodwill, 
you know, you're you're the darlings of St. Louis at this point because you didn't have the XFL yet, and uh, you know, um, and and your your Cardinals have been steady but unspectacular the last few years, and then you sit down at at your planning meeting and they're like, hey guys, the NHL decided we're gonna switch it up. We're not gonna do Pride Pride Night. And they're like, okay, what are we doing? Hockey for everyone. Eh, all right, cool. Hey, when are we gonna schedule this? All right, uh, this day. Uh, there's no there's no home game there, sir. Oh yeah, we're just gonna charge people game prices to watch it on the jumbotron. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, huh? great, great idea, sir. Great idea. Oh, Sign yeah. us up. <sighs> like I literally like, the worst. This is a sports Darwin Award at its best. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> and you know it stands in stark contrast to what the Carolina Hurricanes did for their own hockey is for everyone night. Which I loved that people were bringing up in that conver- in that thread on Twitter. Yeah. They were uh, like, if you were going to do a Pride Night, do it the way that the that the Canes did it. Yeah, right, I mean, and that it, that's in a state that still argues whether transgender people should be able to use the restroom yeah. of their choice. Yeah. Exactly. This is, this is a state that that gave up anywhere projected from five to ten billion dollars with a B in revenue when they had to move the All Star Game. All, yeah. all, all over HB2, you know. So yeah. if the if the Canes, if the Canes can figure this out, and we all know that uh, Dundon is a fucking moron, and I hate him, the well-established hometown crowd uh, uh, fact there. If James could, is not uh, Mac is not bitter about the AAF at all. Uh, no, no, not at all. No, no. Uh, but if 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 Tom Dundon can sit there and say, okay, we can do this, and we're going to make it good and an enjoyable experience for everybody involved. Um, and, and some of those other teams ran great pride nights as well. You know, why did St. Louis decide to shit the bet on this? Like, honestly, uh, I, I just, I can't wrap my head around that. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than, uh, whoever owns the St. Louis blues is a fucking idiot and you need to immediately shit can your whole PR department. It, it was a missed opportunity. Um, not that it should be an opportunity like to be like, oh, well, it's Pride Night, come watch. But at the same time, maybe it should be because hockey has that like, like mystique of like, oh, it's like a man's man's sport. And it is, and I love hockey, but like I do love that hockey for everyone like, like catch line because it is for everybody. It should be for everybody. And they definitely dropped the ball on not capitalizing on like, yeah, hey, yeah, come watch the game. It's for everybody. Like no one cares what your preference is. Like you get one ride in this life. Do what you want to do, but yeah. hey, we want you to watch hockey, so come watch it. Yeah, and, I mean, it, especially when when uh you know we've got a professional sports landscape that's dominated by one organization right now, and all the other sports are kind of playing catch up. Um, you know, if you can get asses in seats, do it. Yeah, you know, and that doesn't mean charging, even if they only charge half of what you would you normally charge for a game ticket. Um. You shouldn't be charging people to come in and watch a fucking your team on the jumbotron. No, that is that is the dumbest bit of marketing I've ever fucking heard. You know that that is just a cash grab. That's exactly mm-hmm. what that fucking is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I definitely support what the uh, the yes. Hurricanes did and yes. do better. At- do come better, on, Blues. Blue Jays. Come on, do better. Blues, not Blue Jays. Oh, Blues, whatever. It's, it's the Blues, babe. Yeah. Calm down. Real hockey fans are upset at them. Just 
I'm upset. So yeah, I, I think I don't think they did not catch hell from any segment of the population mm. in the last two days, and they should catch hell for that. I mean, I did see a few comments in the thread that were basically the equivalent of the the all lives matter movement. Oh God! Uh, or just as tone deaf. It was fantastic. Um, but I mean, yeah. Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool, but I live on Twitter, and as far as social media goes, you get some of the just the most beautiful comments ever. Because, you know, I only have X amount of characters. I got to make this one good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not just freeform thought. Yeah. Uh, but the last piece of uh, NHL news, Capital star Alex Ovechkin hit a milestone last week, scoring his 700th goal. Uh, Ovechkin is, I believe, the second youngest player to hit that uh, mark after Wayne Gretzky himself. Yeah, that's correct. So, I mean, that that's quite impressive. Uh, it it's is. kind of like the 3,000 hit mark in baseball. Uh, it, it is, but also, I. so I'm a hockey fan, obviously. Um, right. I feel like a lot of praise is being put on him too soon. Um, like, he is 34, right? Gretzky retired at 38. So let's just say he makes it to 38. And a lot of like like hockey, you know, like experts are saying, oh, well, he'll make it. He'll make it to beating that goal. I don't know if he will. Um, the dude's amazing, amazing to watch. But he, I don't think he will. And he might have had not the season he was drafted up into the NHL been um, – so that was 04. So they lost a season. It was a labor dispute season. So we lost that year. Yeah, that was the um, year that they went on strike, correct? Yep. Uh, yes. Uh, and then the 12 13 season um, was the lockout season. So he lost two seasons. He may have, he may have beaten Gretzky if he had those two seasons, but I don't think he's going to. Um, I think the like the average hockey player is not what they were when Gretzky was playing. Um, just like any any athlete in any sport now is not what they were 20 years ago. Um, science has like pushed people to be these new like super athletes, and he's going up against you know players that Gretzky fortunately didn't go up against. So I I don't think he's gonna beat Gretzky personally, and I may get some heat for that. I don't care. Find me on Twitter, I guess. But um, drop your tag. Well, yeah. <laughs> tag. Actually, oh, uh, what am I? Otter King 1983, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. when he if if he plays another four years, James, he's gonna av- he's gonna have to average fifty goals a season. Yeah. To beat Gretzky, and so, I mean, what's the, what's his career high in a season? Um, that I don't have, but I do have in the last two seasons he's put up over a hundred goals. Um, at the rate he's going, uh, it would take four to five to six more seasons to break that goal if he stays healthy. And I mean, at 34, you know, I mean, I'm 36 and like I've lived a pretty hard life. I I don't feel like I can take the trash out sometimes. And I'm not a like professional hockey player getting smashed into the boards every night. So I don't know if he has that in him or if he wants to have that as well. Yeah, I just it's hockey is a rough, uh, you know, that's a rough living, you know, to make, Um, you know, and. I don't think anybody can take away from what Ovechkin's done. The guy's just, he, you know, he and Sidney Crosby, whether you like him or not, uh, kind of gave the NHL that jolt um, that they needed coming off the, uh, 
you know, that lost season in 04. Mm-hmm. Um, and their, and their rivalry was, was, you know, that was pageantry on ice. Um, yeah. and maybe not so much the last few years because let's face it, uh, Crosby's been, you know, in and out Art. of the, yeah, in and out of the lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't think he beats Gretzky. Ovechkin's no. season total, our season high for goals was 65 back in 07, 08. Um, and yeah, I mean, the last four out of the last five years, he's been on the cusp of 50. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, that that's that's a lot of top end hockey. And uh, while we have seen those guys play, you know, those big names play at a high level for a long time. Uh, Father Time's undefeated. Yep, he gets everybody eventually. So, um, I mean, I, I think it's amazing that he's put together the career he has. Yeah. Um, you know, especially considering his probably first. I mean, you can correct me, James, but his first four years, he was overshadowed by uh, Crosby. You know? Yeah, he was. And also for a long time, he was looked at as not like a team player. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, you know, does he really want to be here? Is he here for the right reasons? Because that break in 12, 13, he went to Russia to play. And he said it was because he wanted to like keep his skills up, but also people were like, is that true? Or did you just want to get paid? Yeah. So uh, he, since then, like he, he has been looked at more as like a team player and, but he's never volunteered to go play on an Olympic team, which if you know anything about hockey, like that is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, a lot of like the greats have played on Olympic teams and it is like a badge of honor, like to, to win a medal, obviously, especially for Canadians. Um, <laughs> well, cause Russian... they don't win anything else in hockey. That's, that's cold, Tim. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> My brother-in-law does not appreciate that. I mean, what uh, was it? 93 was the last Canadian team to win the Stanley cup. The Canadians. I think, I think you're right. It, it was somewhere around there, 93, yeah, like, maybe 94, or something like that. Yeah. But, but he... that, that was the year Patrick Waugh, like, essentially didn't let a goal in the entire playoffs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he, he's had an amazing career, and I, I don't want to be that dude that's trying to, like, you know, like shit on his parade because the guy's amazing. Um, to put up 700 goals, you know, like, cements himself for the, for the NHL Hall of Fame, obviously. Um, but I, he's not Gretzky. No one is Gretzky, and people need to stop being like, well, he's the next Gretzky. No, no one is the next great yeah, one. Gre- no one. I mean, Gretzky played a different kind of hockey, though. He was not a shoot-first uh, you know, forward. The, yeah. guy, the guy's got so many assists uh, that, I mean, that's honestly, that's like the, um, uh, the Cal Ripken record in baseball. No one's touching that. Yeah, um, exactly. You know? And, you know, yeah. It, that, that's something we fall into. We, we like to compare, you know, like uh, Kobe against Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jordan was a once-in-a-lifetime player just like Gretzky was, but yeah. Kobe also had a fucking scorching, um, you know, just an amazing career himself. And, you know, Vetchkin's going to do the same thing. Um, yeah. And let's face it, we've seen these guys kind of reinvent themselves as they get older. Um, you know, maybe they, they, they're not shooting as well as they used to, but they, you know, they learn to move the puck and kind of be that elder statesman. And, you know, I mean, it's, there's still a lot of time for, for him to kind of carve out that greatness, uh, career without being compared to Gretzky every time he laces up his skates. So, but yeah, I mean, I go ahead, Tim. It's worth noting that Ovechkin is only the eighth player to hit that goal too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he joins Gretzky, Howe, Gordie Howe, Yarmer, uh, Yarmer, Yager, 
I can never pronounce his name. Uh, Brett Hall, Marcel Dion, Phil Esposito, and Mike Gartner. Those are the only players who have hit 700 goals. Yeah, and let's face it, uh, I mean, Yager only hit it in his, what, last two years playing. Yeah. You know, and that's when he was like a, a 10 minutes of ice time a game kind of guy because he was 706, you know, still lacing up his skates. Uh, let's pivot over to the XFL, our other main topic for the night. Uh, yeah, the Houston boy. Roughnecks. The Houston Roughnecks continue to win and have a pr- improved to four and zero, but the St. Louis Battlehawks have only dropped one game, and that was to Houston. And I mean, they're nipping at their heels on a lot of like uh, power rankings, and a lot of team or a lot of people are really saying they might be the better team now. Yeah, but uh, who's got the better record now? That would be mm. the Houston Roughnecks, okay? Yeah, but listen, though. But hold up, though. We need to let Tampa Bay have a little bit of a sp- of the spotlight. Oh, I was, was oh, going to get there. Because, I was going to get there. Because, you know, they did improve to one and three. They pulled to out. tie the Seattle Dragons. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But you know what? We did it in a dominating fashion yeah. because the team that started out very well, uh, DC's kind of fallen DC, off yeah. the cliff, but uh, yeah. I, I 25 think... nothing is nothing. Yeah. You well, know. you know what? And, and good for Tressman for, for, you know, putting up that rushing attack that, what, got 260, 266 yards? Yeah, yeah but like yeah. Tressman also passed off play calling uh, duties to his uh, offensive coordinator. And it showed. Um, and I, you know, I we think said, he did that before game three, and game three was a very close game. Yeah. But and I mean, then game four was just completely dominant. Yeah. But I mean, Trustman is a CFL uh, acolyte who is you pass first, pass second, pass third. Oh, wait a minute. We have a running back. We can hand it off. Um, and that's not always going to work, um, especially when you don't exactly, and you can say what you want about the CFL. Uh, CFL is a good league, you know, um, but I mean, you're going to have to run the ball, especially when you've got a quarterback who no one's ever fucking heard of. I, I, I mean, honestly, uh, Tampa Bay starter, I know. Who? Yeah. And you are. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but also too, like, again, to give, you know, the Vipers their credit, they became the first XFL team to have two players to have at least a hundred rushing yards in the same game. And that was between Davion Smith and Jacques Patrick. Yeah. And so, and and in fact, those were the first individual hundred-yard rushing performances in league history. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a smart game plan, and you know, you're playing DC, who, like Tim said, is falling off a cliff, and they're they're not even doing it with grace. Like no. they're tumbling ass overhead right now. <laughs> they plunge. That's one of ground. those like that's. That's one of those, that is the epitome of what one of my favorite sayings that I've added on to is, is anytime somebody says, Jesus, take the wheel, I always say, and drive us right off the cliff. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think PJ Walker's played himself into an NFL contract. Um, Probably. Yeah. He looks really comfortable in the pocket. Uh, I imagine a lot of the knock, you know, the knocks against him were that he's too short, you know, he played at Temple, you know, it, whatever the case is. Uh, well, 
Andrew Luck, thank you for looking out for your buddies and calling up your dad, the head of another league, and saying, you might want to look at this guy because uh, P.J. Walker's played out of his fucking mind. And honestly, I think um, uh, number 13, the wideout, I can't remember his name, but, I mean, he's caught like 330 yards and like six touchdowns the last three weeks. Oh, oh, they're saying that P.J. Walker could very well come out to be like the runaway person for MVP. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Cam I mean, Phillips. Cam Phillips. Thank you. But no, no, no. Well, Cam Phillips is a very close second is yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's I, 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 the biggest difference between this and the AAF. And I've, pro I've probably said it a hundred times on here. It's been quarterback play. Mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Tamu in St. Louis uh, looks like, holy shit. Uh, you know, he, he's getting coached up. He's making the right plays. Um, and St. Louis is letting him run the ball when he's got the opportunity. Uh, you know, PJ Walker is just playing out of his mind. Um, you know, and I've noticed some of these coaches have done a good job in, okay, we have this plan. This is what I do as a coach. And as the seasons went on, you know, they're like, well, fuck it, this isn't working. So let's just stick to what works. And well, so, um, Speaking of quarterback play, just to interrupt because I have to. And Are we just... going to Landry Jones? No, 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 no. Oh, oh we <laughs> should. We no, should. no, 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 no. This is just the troll in me. So, um, what's going on with Cardell Jones? Oh what's, yeah. Um, what's, yeah, he did what's, not what's have a good that? game. No, no. What's, uh, you, what, have you, you have to remember. You have to remember. Jones has three games in him. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it just so happens that in 2014, he made the most of those three games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Well, I, don't know I, have got, to. I don't know if you guys saw, but DC cut Matt Elam tonight. Did he? No, I did hmm. not. Yeah. He had 12 tackles last game and they cut him. Did well, it, was I there saw... any reason? No, no. All the press release said was, uh, he's no longer with the DC you know. Well, I well I saw that uh, Flowers is back. Uh, oh, is he? Is he, is he, is. he, is he yeah. done with his little temper tantrum? <laughs> that he, had? he he is back, but he's looking for a trade. Yes, yes, he he uh, he wants to be traded. Well, uh, I'm sorry. As I said in the chat that we have, he is a back. He is not a quarterback. He was hey, never hey, meant listen, to be that. Right now, DC is looking for a quarterback. Yes, they are. <laughs> so is Dallas. Oh man, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. I I got a little bit to say about that. If, so, if you guys will give me a minute. So Landry Jones had uh, three interceptions against Houston. Uh, a fifty-five point three passer rating he threw for one touchdown and 205 yards against the houston roughnecks mac what are your thoughts there okay now i had questions when they were doing the player allocation and i hear landry jones is the first quarterback signed by the xfl i'm like why the fuck would you do that why and then you look at who dallas's head coach is okay soups. it was landry jones's coach in college all right but then I think we all remember Landry Jones as the bench warmer in Pittsburgh who caught fire for one game. 
Now, uh, one of the Hasselbecks did that as a backup, you know, playing for playing for uh, uh, Rogers one game and then parlayed that into like a four year, you know, like twenty four million dollar contract and never saw the fucking field. Okay, like you, you shouldn't be making quarterback decisions off that one game. All right. And Jones. All right. He's going to a lower league. Maybe he'll flash some signs of talent. No, sir. No, Landry. We know what you are. You're a bench warmer, and that's okay. You can do that. You can make a good living doing that. I would love to do that. I'll be the third quarterback. Like, yeah. Didn't he get hurt, though? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. He re-injured his left knee. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, okay. But Dallas, I mean, they, they have a lot of uh, – that front office right now needs to be making a lot of phone calls – and trying to figure out where they can get some good quarterback play from because what they have right now uh, isn't it, um, especially with Jones because he, I mean, when the game started this weekend, it was yeah, Larry Jones is coming off the first 300-yard game in XF, you know, in the new XFL history, and he's also the guy who's thrown the most interceptions in XFL history right now. So, <laughs> I mean. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's man. got five touchdowns to seven interceptions right now. Uh, he does have 784 yards, which I think is good for third among quarterbacks, maybe fourth. But he he's only got a 77.2 rating. Yeah, looking at Dallas's roster, they've got Brogan Roback from Eastern Michigan. Uh, Armonte Edwards is suited up as a wide receiver, but he played quarterback at App State. Um, <laughs> so if things get real bad, you get you can uh, have them start throwing passes on the sideline, and those are the quarterbacks that are they have one quarterback on the roster right now, and that's Roback. So uh, they're gonna call up Team Team Nine or whatever the fuck it is down in Dallas, and hey man, we need another QB. Give us anything. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who what quarterbacks are on Team Nine. Do they even list the roster for that? Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, here we go. Quarterbacks Joe Callahan and CJ Collins, uh, Garrett Fugati, Fugate. I'm going to say Fugati and Marcus McDade. I've never even heard of any of those guys. I think Callahan went. Yeah, to them. Who he said. Yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. Duh, Mac. God. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we we probably we might be watching Dallas do the same thing that uh, DC is doing right now, taking a header into the ground. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know if things are gonna. I don't know if things are going much better for fucking Jim Zorn right now. So. Oh yeah, man, Seattle Seattle fans, I. I, I love it's okay. That. It's okay. Listen, I just want it noted right now that James and I have been there from four zero. At the basement level, that's where mm-hmm. we've been. So. I'm wearing my Seattle Dragons shirt right now. He is. I got so. my Roughnecks shirt and hat on. So Exactly. So. so Joe Callahan went to Wesley, Delaware for college. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I was way off. At least it started with a W. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he has been on, I don't know that he's played for, the Packers, Saints, Browns, the Packers again, the Eagles, the Buccaneers, the Ravens, and the Lions. Oh, well, he's he's been on a lot of practice squads. Good for oh, him. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. So All he's right. been on a lot of practice squads to yep. still suck. So that's great. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know, it's 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 good though. The numbers are still steady, which is which is good. I know Tampa Bay Stadium looked empty as fuck last <laughs> week. Yeah. yeah one but- of our one of our friends in the uh, the Facebook group. Um, all of a sudden, I'm I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's got season tickets to the the Tampa Bay Vipers, and he said it was about a quarter full. Oh man. Yeah, but do you know uh, who stadium Chris did not? Seattle. Dallas. Oh yeah. St. Louis. Dallas. No, because Dallas has actually been the only team to have an increase in attendance from one home game to the next. So their numbers have steadily gone up. And so St. Louis has uh, two of the top three attended well, yeah, games so far. Yeah, but but here's the thing, though. You're just going off of just numbers yeah. in general, like Oh, like you're top right. St. Louis... St. Louis dropped from 29,000 to like 27,000. Yeah, no, no, in week one, <laughs> no, in week one, the Renegades had 17,000. And then in week four, the number jumped to 18,000. They've had a 6.5% jump <clears throat> over the last, you know, over the first four games. I mean, that's, so that's, good for them. Yeah, that's, that's the important thing is if they can keep the TV numbers steady. Like you, you're not mm-hmm. going to see big increases in TV numbers, but if you can keep it steady, and you can just get a few more asses in seats every game, that justifies. That's what matters, yeah. yeah. Like that's what's going to build it. I would say looking at um, what the first iteration of the XFL was to what it is now, where I was really worried that first, you know, the first week everyone's like, yeah, I went to the first XFL game, but people are sticking around, they're getting excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, even like a couple of groups I'm in on Facebook, their wrestling groups like, hey, did you guys check out the XFL this weekend? I'm like, yeah, I did. You guys should watch this. Um, people are watching it, and that's what's important. And it it it, did, it hasn't died like people yeah. said it was going to. Yeah. Like, they would watch the first week, and then week two, people are like, yeah, whatever. It, it still has a, a somewhat loyal following, and I am happy about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that they managed to sign TV deals with the major networks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they went with NBC because Ebersol and McMahon are good buddies, and NBC had just yep. lost the NFL that year. Yep. So, um, and the thing is, is Vince doesn't have to work about TV production at this point. He's letting yep. ESPN and ABC and Fox take care of it because they know how to put on a football game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they do. And they're doing a great job yeah. with it. Like they're the the games are entertaining to watch. I'm enjoying the sideline interviews. I'm enjoying all these aspects of the game that. You know, I, a lot of times, you know, you hear plays and, you know, the average layperson doesn't understand what all of the different, you know, code words mean, but they're breaking it down for the average listener. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, Greg Olson covering games is fucking gold. Uh, <laughs> that guy what? knows football. And he, like, it's like you said, Tim, he's listening to the play call and he's able to say, you know, the slot receiver is going to do this, the running back will do this. And it's mm-hmm. just... It, it's so nice. It's like a football tutorial. Yeah. Well, and and you know, Timothy, it's really funny you mentioned that because uh, your mom and I had a very thorough conversation <laughs> about this last night about how you know it does break it down very you know very well for the you know for people who aren't super into football. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the really cool things that um that I saw, and I think it was in week three. Hold on, I'm looking over my notes now to see where because I highlighted it, where you had um yeah, 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 it was St. Louis, the St. Louis offensive coordinator, Chuck Long. He was drawing up a play for the ESPN camera at halftime that he planned to use. Wow. Yeah, so like you don't get that in the NFL. And so I think that that's that's something that too that really resonates um with keeping people even not like super big football fans, you know, like we are because they can see, you know, the guy drawing up this play and going, you know, okay, oh yeah, we're going to do this because they're going to do this and it just breaks it down and makes mm-hmm. it easily digestible. Yeah, I mean, you you got to make it fun for viewers. And it's it's been fun. The football's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell these guys aren't just out there. I mean, they, I, I, you know, they all want to go play in the NFL. You know, I, I think we they can honestly say that. But these guys are out there. You can tell they're enjoying themselves. Um, oh yeah. My, my favorite part is the sideline interviews where they're just going and going, and you see them stop themselves from swearing on live TV. I think my favorite moment was, I think it was week, it was either week one or week two, and the interview kept getting delayed with a player, and when they finally got a chance to sit down with him, it was was on Tampa Bay. He had to run off because they'd just gotten a turnover, and now uh, he had to go back out onto the field. Well, and speaking, too, of, like, making it fun, like, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Seattle has actually started one of like like one of probably what will be many XFL traditions of every time Seattle intercepts a pass or recovers a fumble, the player coming up with the turnover puts on a ski mask. <laughs> I love that. So the, I feel like so side. I feel like uh, James, we're gonna have to go uh, get a rapist mask for that. So. <laughs> On the flip side, uh, Tampa Bay fans are doing Tampa Bay, Florida things, and shocking. One of course person, they are. One one woman got kicked out of the game this week for showing her boobs on the jumbotron. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and another guy got kicked out because for the second week in the in a row he made it rain one a hundred one dollar bills. <laughs> oh, now, hold on, now, now listen though, hey, but listen though, I, I don't know if you guys saw too that back in week three, um, the New York Center got warned by um, the officials. Um, for he, and they have informed both coaches that he had been warned because he was on the verge of getting ejected because he had become a little too aggressive. Mm. Well, so, I mean, like, yeah, like this is such a breath of fresh air from the I NFL. I don't know why we'd be mad at a guy who's trying to just throw some much needed money into the economy right now. The stock's right. down. He's throwing out hundred, you know, hundred bucks. I mean, come on. He, if anything, he should be gifted with season tickets. Right? But so yeah. Real quick, it's, looking it's, ahead at this week, we've got Seattle at Houston uh, on Saturday at 2, New York at Dallas on Saturday, uh, Saturday at 5, St. Louis at D.C., uh, Sunday at 3, and Sunday at 9 Eastern. 
is Tampa Bay at LA. I do prim- not like that time frame. A little prime time action. I like mm-hmm. it. 9 p.m. on a Sunday on ESPN. Uh, I think that's good, though. I think it's good. It's putting that emphasis like, hey, look, like we're putting stock in this. We want you guys to come and watch this like in prime time. Okay, yeah, yeah that's great and all, but it's Tampa Bay. Give it to them. Hey. Coming hey. off a win. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm aware that as a Seattle fan that I can't say much, but give me something. I mean, seriously, if I, I didn't talk shit, like you guys wouldn't know what to do. I'm, I'm giving you this. Uh, Tampa Bay has got the worst uniforms in the league and mm-hmm. Seattle's easily yeah. has the best. So I, I dig the Tampa Bay colors. Of course oh, no. <laughs> oh, now you are. OK, they're not bad. They're not. I mean. They're not Seattle, so they had to grow on you. They look like something if a dog ate a bag of gummy bears and it threw it up. That's what Tampa's (laughs) uniforms look like. (laughs) All right. So let's pivot to another league that we haven't talked about a whole lot. Uh, And that's the NBA where number one pick Zion Williamson has just been dominant since debuting in the league. Uh, he's played in 16 games. He's averaging 24.2 points per game and 6.9 rebounds. Um, now the Pelicans are only eight and eight since his debut, but this kid is just playing at a at a whole nother level. Um, he's shooting nearly 60 percent from the field and 41.7 percent from deep. Yeah, I mean, he if he could stay healthy, we might be watching one of those uh, generational talents. Um, yeah. So would you? So saying that, I mean, would you? Would you put him on the same plane as like a young Kobe? Uh, no. The game, his game's a lot different. I mean, okay. Zion's Zion's never gonna have the range Kobe had. And let's face no, it. No, no, I get that. No, yeah. I get that. But what I'm saying though, like of being that standout, playing on a different level type talent well let's let's see if he stays healthy uh, i i think that's the biggest thing kobe was relentless in his uh physical fitness i mean that's why it wasn't until the last probably uh, i want to say three years of his career he really dealt with injuries um and then the injuries he had they weren't things you could really control a torn rotator cuff uh and, and an achilles injury um but zion i mean he's just he's this big physical presence who moves like a point guard and it's uh, I love watching him. Um, and I never thought I'd say that, you know, I would enjoy watching a new, uh, new Orleans Pelicans game, let but, alone a guy from Duke. Yeah. Um, but hey, better, better Tar Heel, better than a Tar Heel, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's just a lot of fun to watch. And I think if new Orleans could be smart with picks coming, you know, the, the, tr- the, just a bucket load of picks they have over the next couple of years, and they can surround him with talent. New Orleans is going to be a good team out West. And that's, that's the rough part is playing in the Western conference because the Western conference just, you know, you've got a reloaded uh, Lakers team. You've got the Clippers, you got the Rockets. Uh, Utah has been sneaky. Good Portland. If they ever stopped just doing Portland things would be really good, you know, and then you still have golden state that is getting Steph Curry back. Clay uh, Thompson will be back. Um, you know, they've got a couple draft picks that they'll be able to parlay into some talent. So, I mean, the West is a, that's a murderous row, but I mean, New Orleans is setting themselves up to, to be a good team and, and something they haven't been since they moved from Charlotte. So, uh, Heather, you need to get on the bandwagon. 
uh, and just say you're a Pelicans fan. Now, yeah, I know I am. No, I I will absolutely say I'm a bandwagon Pelicans fan just because they're in New Orleans. Yeah, that's it. And the thing is, you wouldn't you wouldn't even have to say you're a bandwagon fan because they weren't they weren't putting asses in seats. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, fair enough. You're right. You're right. Like I would like I literally just. Uh, quote unquote root for them because of the you know connection. Yeah, so. but I mean he's he's gonna be he he can be one of those those young faces the NBA can start building around as as names like Harden and LeBron James and uh, you know Russell Westbrook start getting towards the end of their careers and and you're the NBA is gonna have to pivot uh, because more than any other league the NBA is built on players and when they have uh, talented players that people get attached to you know that that's where the league finds its most you know uh, most of its success so um you know i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what he's got in store for us uh the rest of his career uh but again it, it, it all depends on health you know and him coming into the league missing half his rookie season because of an injury you know it's not the most auspicious of starts but he's kind of uh, you know, gotten everybody really excited about him in those 16 games he's played. Mac, with everything going on in my own life, I haven't had a chance to follow the NBA. Any other big stories going on out there? Uh, well, the biggest one right now is Spike Lee is beefing with James Dolan. Um, <laughs> I did uh, see that. Something yeah. about trying to use the employee entrance. It's something like that. Um, but if I'm James Dolan, the last thing I'm doing is pissing off Spike Lee, the only big name fan he has left. The only fan he's got left. Yeah. Well, no, Knicks fans still come out. They just, they look so sad. Um, I mean, if, if I was a Knicks fan, I'd be doing the way the Saints fans did in the 80s and just wear the paper bag over my head. Um, you know, but I mean, the, the race out West is, is really heating up. Uh, you know, it's going to be fun if the Clippers and Lakers both end up in the Western Conference Finals, uh, just seeing how that rivalry's really been it was at a slow bubble for a bit, but now that Kawhi and Paul George are out there, it's, you know, uh, picking up and, and watching how the Lakers, as much as this hurts to say their success. Uh, and I'll be the first one to admit, I was skeptical about how their bench play would work out, but they've, they're playing phenomenal basketball. Um, and, and AD and LeBron together is just, that's how basketball is supposed to be played. It's beautiful. Um, you know, and out East, uh, you know, Miami surprising people. Um, this is Milwaukee's be... already clinched a playoff yeah. berth. Yeah, but Milwaukee's slowly coming back down to earth. I think they, ex- I mean, Giannis is carrying too much of the load. Uh, talk about another fun player to watch, Giannis. Oh, man. You know, so, I mean, it. we're, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the NBA season before playoff time. And, uh, you know, I, I love the NBA. I really love the playoffs. And, uh, you know, if you guys are looking for me, I'll be illegally streaming games. well let's uh let's wrap up with tonight with the final topic we didn't get a chance to talk last week but the uh deontay wilder and tyson fury fight happened uh mac take us through that one um well i don't know about you guys but deontay did not look like he trained well for this fight uh he fought a lot off his back foot he got caught with a lot of shots and he can sit there and say that uh, the fight shouldn't have been stopped, but his assistant trainer fucking saved his bacon uh, because that dude Wilder was just eating everything Tyson Fury threw Mm -hmm. at him. 
Um, and Fury looked like he was prepped and ready to go. I think, uh, you know, Wilder needs to sit down with his corner and, and, and have a hard talk with him because he did not look like he was prepped at all. Um, I'm, I'm going to disagree respectfully. Um, no, James, no. <laughs> I think Deontay no, was No, he's halfway, he's halfway on the verge of flipping the table. Don't listen to him. She's not wrong. Deontay was prepared for the Gypsy King he faced in the first fight. The Gypsy King that came out in this fight was not the same man. He came out fucking hard. And I, I, I am not ashamed to say I was wrong. Um, so spoiler alert, when it comes to like Heather's fight notes, um, they may come from me. Um, and I absolutely said, came from me. I said, look, <laughs> I said, Hey, look, like if Tyson comes out hard, Deontay's going to put him down, but no, he was not ready for that. No, um, he talked a big game and he is a tough, he's a fucking world champion. Like the man is a super athlete, but what the Gypsy King brought out was not something he was ready for. And I watched it, and I watched the first round. And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, this is not the same fighter." Went two, three, four, five, and I was like, "Oh man, he is outclassed," and he was. And Wilder has knockout power from anywhere, from anywhere. And if his corner hadn't stopped it, like, yeah, you could make an argument, like. Maybe he'd get that knockout punch, but is it worth his career and his life? No, fuck no. Yeah, like, I mean, but those last, th- uh, you know, the the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, though, like Wilder wasn't even throwing much. He was just sitting there yeah. eating shots. Um, and honestly, you could probably, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if his eardrum was busted because he was bleeding from his ear. Um, Allegedly, he had um, a laceration in there, took cyst stitches to um, close it, but. It looked way worse than yeah. just that. Yeah, but I mean that'll throw off your equilibrium. I get that, but you know he he sat there and just ate these shots. And like you said, James, like those first few rounds, Fury was quick with the jab and he doubled up a lot of his punches. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, you're, uh, you know, I, I can agree with you there. He probably wasn't prepped for, for this, you know, Tyson Fury, but even then. You know, as a good fighter, you're going to be prepped to to deal with whatever uh, adaptations you're supposed to in the ring. And and Wilder didn't do that. Um, I, I think what disappointed me most was you know the excuses that came Ugh. afterwards. You know, uh, wearing my costume wore me out. Like I had no legs. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some shade on that one. So Deontay Wilder at weigh in was two thirty one. He's six foot seven. Yeah. Right. He's a big boy. Um, I'm five six, maybe one fifty five, and I would go out on patrol with way more on me than that. Oh yeah. Like what Heather was at like one twenty at the most or something, something like that. Yeah. 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 And then I would come home and like do a leg workout. And Deontay is a world class athlete, a, ne- a a a fucking champion. Like bro, you're gonna say like forty five pounds was your limit? Yeah, Come on, man. Yeah, like, I mean, this is this is coming from the guy who said he trained in a weight vest, you know, like exactly, you know. Um, but I mean, this this brings up the next possibly big fight uh, at heavyweight, and that's if Fury can put Wilder down again uh, he because will. he he did uh you know kick in the rematch clause. 
uh, you know, Anthony Joshua and doing the, the unification uh, fight. So with- I, a big thing is if you look at the first fight with Deontay and Tyson, um, the Gypsy King lost like 250-something pounds yeah. to come back and fight and had a draw, right? And then there's the second fight where he's in shape, comes back, destroys him. Like, destroyed him. Absolutely did. He's not going to figure that puzzle out. And I I, I do want to see fucking Gypsy Keen against fucking against Joshua. I think that, that fight is going to be amazing. But See, I, I don't even give it that much credence. Uh, I think Joshua showed how many holes are in his game when he lost to, uh, to Ruiz. And granted, he 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 got Ruiz in the second fight, yeah. but I mean Ruiz came in thirty pounds heavier than he was yes. in that first fight, and he already looked like two hundred and sixty pounds of chewed bubble gum in a well, trash bag. Self so. self admitted, Ruiz has said he let that like oh I'm the champ mentality get to him, and he didn't train for it because he yeah. thought he had that one punch knockout, and he got schooled. Yeah. I mean, and that's going to be the biggest uh, thing we have to watch with Tyson Fury because he uh-huh. did that when he beat Klitschko in 2015. Uh, you know, I'm oh, the champ. You know, and he went on a what a two year bender. Uh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> but know. that's not that is not the same guy that is today. Yeah, I I, I hope so. Um, you know, the fight game, especially at heavyweight, is better when you got a shit talker, you know, yeah. up up towards the top. And you know, I, I think if you put him in a ring with Joshua, Fury's going to win. Um, and there's some good heavyweights that are that are out there to challenge him. So it won't be, uh, you know, like the Klitschko years where, you know, Vita- uh, Vladimir cleaned out the entire division and they, they just they ran out of people to put in front of him. Um, you know, but I mean, it's I, I, I just I, I didn't understand Wilder bitching about the stoppage. I didn't understand well, the excuses after the fight. Um, that's because- a boxing problem because you have all these guys now that are like, Oh well, I have an undefeated record. Yeah. That undefeated record means more to them than losing against serious competition. And there are tons of dudes that, like, are like, "Oh well, I've won all these fights." Yeah, yeah, but you won them against bums. Like, yeah, I'm- you really did. But they want that undefeated record, and that's what is bugging Wilder is that he lost against a better fighter. And I don't in any way like want to be like oh no you're a bum man like no he fought an amazing fighter he he fought a fucking champion like but that undefeated record means so much that he just want to make excuses and that that's how boxing is now yeah i mean but still i don't give a shit how big of a billy badass you are if you're getting beat around the ring for three rounds which he did those last three rounds of the fight yeah at, at that point man you're not gonna win um he looked slow he looked lethargic and, and like you said, Fury picked him apart. Like he, yep. it was something else, you know. Like I said, Fury worked that jab. He was quick, uh, threw a couple of counters. That second knockdown was a body shot. Yeah, it was. I mean, how often do you see heavyweights put somebody down with a body shot? You know, it's not very often. Very rarely. You know, I, so my biggest problem with it is him being mad at his corner for looking out for him. Yeah. And that. Oh bug, yeah, because he wanted to go out on his shield. Yeah. yeah that is fucking dumb. Like, do you, do you want a brain aneurysm, bro? Like, yeah. Like, live to fight another day, man. Get another fucking ten million dollar payday. Yeah, like, I mean, it, I think the shittiest thing out of all that was that assistant trainer's already been fired. Um, yes, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it's just you. You should probably look at your primary trainer, 
yeah. and think long and hard about that one because if you can't defend yourself in the ring, if you can't learn to slip punches and you're just trying to to live behind that that right hand, you're gonna lose fights like that, you know, yep. with a, with a guy who is able to to move well enough in the ring, which Fury, that's he's always moved well for as big as he is. Yep. Um, you know, and stay away from that powerful right and still manage to inflict damage with a jab and then is able to counter you up. I mean, it's you know, Wilder needs to go back to school. Um, he does. like you said, he's not fighting the same guys he did coming up. No. Um, these are dudes that have a, either a championship caliber or they were champs. And, you know, you you can't make a living off of just flailing wildly in a ring no. and connecting, you know? I mean, it's just, like you said uh, about hockey players, these guys are living, breathing, athletic specimens now. Yep. You know, I mean, look at Canelo. The man is able to slide up and down weight from 156 to 175 and capture belts along well, the way. When he's staying off at a horse meet. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, let's face it, Fury's also dealt with a one-year suspension for performance-enhancing drugs as well. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's an unfortunate uh, byproduct of the, the fight games we yeah. love so much, whether it's MMA or boxing. Um, but, you know, when you're, uh, uh, you know, these guys aren't, aren't just got, you know, they're not fighting smokers like Sugar Ray Robinson did where he no. fought 160 times in his career. Yeah, you know, just to keep the lights on. Like you said, they're making $10 million a year. They're able to maintain their fitness in between fight uh, camps. And, it, well, if you're not Andy Ruiz. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's not just uh, you're not fighting these bums anymore. So, I mean, Wilder really needs to, to take a good, hard look at what he wants to continue to do with his career. Um, because you're not going to be able to just go in a ring and swing and, and live behind that right. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd. You can get in the conversation at our new Hometown Crowd podcast group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd pod. As always, subscribe on your favorite podcast source. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a review and we will read it on the show. James, thanks for joining us this week. Yes, thank, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Thank you. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Bye, and everyone. And remember, if you don't want the corona, to sing happy birthday twice while you wash your hands. Oh, thank you for keeping me alive, Heather. You're welcome. <laughs>